scripture lesson this morning is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And Father God, we pray for this, your word. I pray that you would bless it this morning. I pray that you would encourage us through your word and help us to understand better your ways and your commands. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, every one of us has limited time on this planet. The current average life expectancy in the United States is 79 years old. Of those 79 years, you will spend 30 year, 33 years sleeping, 13 years working, four and a half years eating, three years on holidays, one and a half years exercising, and one year in school. As a side note, women spend 136 days getting ready to go to church or wherever they're going, as compared to 46 days for men. This leaves you approximately 22 and a half years to do whatever you want. This could include things like looking at screens, which the average American spends 11 and a half years doing. You could choose to spend your free time socializing uh, with one year uh, for most people doing that. And you could spend it on romance, one year and 30 days on average. Another thing you could do is go to church. If you spent two hours in church each week, that would equal one year of your life. And that's a pretty significant time commitment. Today I want, you to, I want to give you seven reason why, reasons why you might want to spend that year in another way. I mean, perhaps maybe this is an enormous waste of time. The first reason is you don't believe that Jesus is the only way. In our text here today, the author of Hebrews states that we should draw near to God or come to church because we have confidence that we can enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. If you don't believe that Jesus has granted you access to God's throne, which, by the way, is the holiest place conceivable, then by all means go somewhere else to find that doorway. A few suggestions that I would offer to you would be Hinduism. They believe that if you can uh, resist thinking about yourself at all, you will achieve nirvana, a place of absorption into the universe where yourself will cease to exist. Or you might pick animism. They believe that to have a good life, you should spend time honoring your dead relatives so that they bless you from the afterlife. All this time that you're spending in church, you could use to go to the grocery store to buy gifts to leave at your household altars dedicated to them. Or you might pick communism. At a philosophical level, communists do not believe that there is a God, but the religion is a tool to keep people oppressed. So instead of coming here, you can go to a bunch of political rallies and promote this enlightened view. Or perhaps humanism would be a better choice for you. Humanists believe that mankind is going to lift itself up by its bootstraps through science and education. 
Although this will give you no eternal comfort, perhaps future generations will think fondly of you for your efforts and name a public library after you. I could go on to name countless other isms that you could choose from. The point is that here at Elam, we believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. So if you don't believe this, you'll save a year of your life by going somewhere else. The second reason is you don't, that you want to feel good about yourself. One of the common statements I hear thrown around a lot out there is that people are essentially good. So, regardless of all the bad things that you have done in your life and your propensity towards selfishness and pride, if you think that deep down inside you're not such a bad person, then Elam is probably not the place for you. Around here you're going to hear phrases like sin nature, corrupted heart, evil intentions, and false humility. The Bible tells us that there is no one that is righteous, no one that does good, and that even our best efforts are like menstrual rags before God. That's what the word filthy literally means in that passage. Now, the reason that we use such language is not because we want people to feel bad about themselves. It's because we want to know the truth about our human nature and how we function. We also want to know what the cure is. There are countless places in the world that I can go where people will tell me that I'm a pretty great guy. The problem is that I know that I'm not a great guy. I know that I'm a sinner. And it's not fun to hear about that. But at least I know what my problem is. I know why I can't seem to do the good things that I want to do and continue to do the evil things that I don't want to. Hebrews 10 goes on to say that since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Here at Elam, we offer this cleansing water in baptism. We offer full assurance so that people can know that they are going to heaven or not. In 1 John 5.13, the apostle states, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Christianity is the only religion that offers this absolute certainty. If you want to stay in suspense right up until the point of death regarding your eternal destiny, this isn't the place for you. The third reason we see here is that you don't like imperfect people. Here at Elam, we believe in something called the sanctification process. In this regard, we are more like a family than a club or a corporation, because in a family, you have multiple levels of maturity represented. You have babies, toddlers, kids, teens, adults, and the elderly. Now, clearly, babies are messy. It would be futile to tell a baby, pull yourself together, look at your face, you have food all over it. And this whole diaper issue, when are you going to get with a program? Well, here at Elam, we have spiritual babies. And the difficulty is that some of those babies look like physical adults. They're going to make messes. They're going to say the wrong things. They're going to throw tantrums when they don't get their own way. Regarding natural babies, I have met people, especially men, who don't like to be around them. All of their demands and needs can feel a little overwhelming. And so if you only want to be around spiritually mature people, then Elam is not for you. I'm not sure where you would go to find such a group of people. Perhaps you could attend an online church where you never come into contact with a real human being, and you'll only have to listen to the spiritual giants of that church. Of course, this was not the model that was given to us by Jesus. 
he was continually surrounded by spiritual infants. I mean, he was the son of God, and so everyone else, no matter how spiritually mature they were, were infants in comparison. He spent the bulk of his ministry here on earth teaching a small group of men so that they in turn could teach others after he was gone. And here at Elam, we try to follow that model. Those who are more mature in Christ are to teach and disciple the less mature. But this is not a neat and orderly process. It can be frustrating, as is seen in Jesus' reaction and interaction with the disciples. He had to rebuke them. He was shocked at their lack of faith. He even had to kick one of them out of the group, Judas. It's like an elderly pastor told me at one time, ministry would be easy if it weren't for the people. (laughs) If you're looking for a perfect church, then Elam is not for you. In fact, as soon as you join another church, it will no longer be perfect. Fourth, we see here maybe that you don't want to come to Elam because you think doctrine is unimportant. In Hebrews 10.23, the author goes on to say, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. The confession of our hope has to do with the doctrines that we believe in. But if you don't want to be pinned down into believing certain things, then this is probably not the place for you. Perhaps you think that claiming that you have the truth is arrogant and narrow. You have swallowed the belief that everything is relative and that there are many roads to God. Frankly, here at Elam, we believe that that is a coward's path. To never take a stand for what is right is not the Christian way, and in fact, it's not even the American way to come to think of it. How many of us would say, you know, a communist dictator is probably just as good as an option as democracy? Let's bring Kim Jong-un over and give us some lessons on this viable alternative. No way, we're willing to send our sons to foreign shores to risk their lives for the sake of these political doctrines. But when it comes to eternal issues, so many of us have caved into the propaganda of the enemy. Willing to die for the Constitution, but the Apostles' Creed? Eh. There are plenty of universalist churches out there if you want to keep your options open regarding doctrine. Of course, you'll need to leave your Bible at home. One of these denominations is the ELCA, or the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. This is the largest Lutheran body in the world. And by the way, I use the word Lutheran loosely there. Instead of seeing other religions as a mission field that need the gospel, they see them as, I quote, interreligious relationships where we receive the gifts of our neighbors and experience more fully the exquisite relationship that that all are made in the image of God. A deep appreciation of these similarities and differences among religions and worldviews enhances working together for the common good. Seeking mutual understanding and the common good are active steps that we can take toward God's vision of an abundant life for all. Well, here at Elam, our, our, Elam, our mission is not interreligious dialogue or cooperation. Solomon actually tried that and it ended in disaster. Our mission is to proclaim to a sinful world that they need saving and that Jesus is that way that is proclaimed in the scriptures. Next, you may not want to attend Elam if you don't want anyone asking you to do stuff. When our kids were growing up at home, they had family chores. And the hope was that they would learn what to do and when to do them and that they would do that on their own. But many times that didn't happen and we had to remind them over and over again. In our text, this is called stirring up one another to love and good works. But if you don't like having people asking you to do your part, then Elam's probably not the place for you. 
you may prefer a huge megachurch. Among the thousands, you'll have a much easier time ducking and hiding. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with megachurches or that there are not hard workers who attend them. I'm just saying that a small church like ours, you will probably be approached multiple times a year and asked to participate in good works. A mentor friend once told me, Scott, there are three kinds of people in church. There are those who push the cart, those who ride the cart, and those who ride and drag their feet. Well, it's harder to be a foot-dragging cart rider in a church whose average attendance is around 100 on any given Sunday. Not saying it can't be done, but if this is your hope, you'll probably experience a bit of animosity from the pushers. On the other side of the coin, there is a great danger of burnout in small churches. I found that in small churches like Elam, there are about two dozen people that seem to do all the work. They will say, well, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Ideally, in this kind of situation, no one should be doing two things until everyone is doing one thing. God is not going to love you any less if you say no to a ministry opportunity that is not your passion. And we just may need to let go of some activities so we can focus on the ones that actually give us life, that are our passion. But if your desire is to just show up on Sunday, get fed spiritually and waited upon by others, and then head home without lifting a finger, Elam is probably not the place for you. There are families where mom does all the work and the spoiled kids sit around playing video games all day. They are called unhealthy. Next, you might want, not want to attend Elam because you have more important things to do on Sunday. In the Global News article entitled The Cult of Busyness, How Being Busy Became a Status Symbol, uh, Marilisa Rocco writes, There was a time when a person's wealth was measured by their spare time. Extravagant trips, expensive pursuits, and exclusive hobbies require time. But today, the most successful people are perceived as the busiest. Researchers from Columbia University, Harvard, and Georgetown found that through a series of experiments, that the busier a person appeared, the more important they were deemed. In one experiment, participants were asked to rate how they perceived Jeff. One written scenario depicted Jeff as working long hours and juggling the demands of a packed schedule, while the others painted him as a leisurely guy. In general, they found that the busy person is perceived as high status. And so if you don't believe that there is a principle in the Bible called the Sabbath, you probably shouldn't attend Elam or any other church for that matter. There was a period of time when I was in junior high that we were regularly attending church. And in fact, it seemed like we were at church all the time. There was Sunday morning service, there was Sunday evening service, Wednesday night Bible study, Thursday prayer, and Saturday morning men's breakfast. I loved it because at the time I didn't have a smartphone, my mom had banned us from video games, and I only participated in one sport a year, and I didn't have cable TV or a video player. Frankly, there wasn't a whole lot to do, and going to church was the most exciting part of our week that we looked forward to. It's actually a wonder that anyone does go to church these days with all the competition that's out there. People work on Sundays. Schools hold sporting events on Sundays. Many prefer the convenience of watching sermons online. And you, when you compare the quality of our product with that of Hollywood, we fall pretty flat. That's why I think the author of Hebrews here says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Obviously, they had the same problem back then. Now, I understand that I'm preaching to the choir this morning, 
because the ones who need to hear this part of the message are somewhere else today. But I would challenge you with a question. How little would it take for you to skip an opportunity to be in God's house with his people? A sporting event? A vacation? Your work schedule? You stayed up too late watching social media the night before? If your answer is, it wouldn't take much for us to skip church, then Elam, where we take these biblical commands seriously, might not be a good fit for you. Finally this morning, uh, you might not want to attend Elam if you think that this life is all there is. If you think that your existence is only going to be 79 years, then you should probably not waste a whole year in church. I mean, just think of what you could do with all that time. You could work out at the gym 15 more minutes a day. You could get extra sleep. You could spend an additional five days a year on vacation. But what if this isn't all there is? What if we are immortals? What if we are spending time in church and that helps us get ready for the next three million years? Our text here ends with, Encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day he's talking about there is the day when Jesus returns to take us home. And so we need encouragement in this life as we face the challenges of living as a Christian in a fallen world. And even though you may not need encouraging this particular week, maybe you're the one that's supposed to do the encouraging for others. In conclusion this morning, time is a very limited commodity. The rich, poor, famous, obscure, powerful, and weak all get 24 hours a day to spend. King David said in Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I can't think of a better place to gain wisdom than in the house of the Lord. Now, don't let the cares of the world and the busyness of life or laziness steal from you the most precious gift that you can imagine. Yes, here we have narrow beliefs. Yes, we don't always make you feel good about yourself. We're imperfect. We think doctrine is important. We're going to ask you to pull your weight, and you might have to sacrifice some time and look beyond the temporal. But where else are you going to find the words of eternal life? And Father, I pray this morning for those who are struggling with this issue. They've allowed other things in their life to press in and make church attendance seem unimportant or insignificant. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see with new eyes, the importance and the beauty and the wonder of being able to come to this church where many in different parts of the world are not able to attend and gather together with the, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us here at Elam to be ones who love this place and want to come here often. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.